From the Hensler Financial Studio, this is Cobb Football Friday. Get the inside scoop on all the games. It is Cobb Football Friday. Brian Giffen with John Bednarowski, the sports editor of the MDJ. And John, here we are. The Raiders live on. It's Walton versus Milton for the state title. And John will get into first Walton's game, their win over Camden County. Following your notes here last Friday, they jumped out to a big early lead. Camden made it interesting, and they fought their way back into the game. But uh, what are your thoughts generally on this one as you look back at it? Well, you know, it was a 21 nothing lead at halftime, and it really looked like Walton was going to steamroll uh, another opponent. And then uh, I saw something uh, happen that I hadn't seen all year. For about five minutes, well, not really five minutes, basically two plays, Jeremy Hiklinski looked uh, human. Yeah, they're they're up 21-17. They're up 21-17. Camden breaks off a long touchdown run uh for a touchdown. So it's 21 to 7. They kick off about five plays into uh the ensuing drive. Eklinski throws only his second interception of the year. Okay. Walton's defense holds him to a field goal. It's 21-10. They kick off again the next play. He tries a uh deep throw. To uh, Cameron Lloyd, the safety, Klinsky told me, he says, they rolled into the perfect defense. I never saw the safety rolling over. He intercepts the ball, returns it for a touchdown. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, it's 21-17. And this is kind of the way that uh, Camden had knocked off Mill Creek the week before. It was in the middle stages of the game where they kind of got things cranked up and then it snowballed. Well, when you have some adversity, it's always interesting to see how a team responds. Walton responded with three straight touchdown drives, and Heklinski threw some balls into some tight windows on that first one that were really eye-opening. It was impressive to see them uh, push the uh, pedal down again, and you know, it, Camden got a, a garbage touchdown late uh, to make it look closer than what the game really was. Well, it's interesting as you look over this, your notes here. Walton, obviously well-known for what they churned out offensively for the year, more than 4,000 yards through the air, a pair of 1,000-yard rushers, a 1,000-yard receivers. It goes on and on, but throughout the course of the season, you may not have to have the 2001 Ravens or whatever it was, but regardless of your offensive prowess, you've got to pack your defense too. And it sounds as though, even though you know they did allow them back in the game, when it got close, they were able to ratchet things up and put the game away. And that's really what it's all about. Well, you know, the week before, Camden had gone into Mill Creek and run for 387 yards. Walton held the wing T offense that Camden runs, 207 yards rushing, 234 total yards of offense. And that defense, it only gave up the one touchdown, you know. So they were still firing on all cylinders. Uh, Heklinski still eclipsed 300 uh, yards passing. Tight end Hunter Teal, he had six catches for 163 yards. And it's interesting because, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, I'm not saying he can't run by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But it was interesting talking with Jeremy after the game. He said he and Hunter have this unique, well, what do you call it, sense. When he starts scrambling, it's Hunter's the one that goes deep. You would think it would be Cameron Lloyd or 
uh, Wyatt Sonderman or one of the other uh, receivers. But it's Teal that uh, goes deep. It worked great in the first half, right before halftime, exactly that. Heklinski had uh, rolled left, was doing some scrambling. Teal uh, breaks for the goal line. He hits him for a 60-yard touchdown. The drive after they got uh, within 21-17, when uh, they got down to the red zone, Heklinski hit Teal again for for another touchdown. So, you know, it was interesting because, you know, all of the – Emphasis is on the pass game. Macari Botterford had 108 yards rushing. Austin Williams had another 80. So Walton has really been very balanced, although, you know, people associate them with a wide-open passing game. Yeah, it definitely sets up an interesting matchup for the state title, as Walton will take on Milton and play for it all, each of them will, for the 7A state title. This is Cobb Football Friday from the Marietta Daily Journal. I'm Brian Giffen. He is John Bednarowski, the sports editor of the MDJ. Right here, we take a break, but before we do, we remind you that Cobb Football Friday is presented by Superior Plumbing, Otter's Chicken, Pinnacle Orthopedics, as well as Powers Electrical Solutions. Right here, we take the aforementioned break. On the other side of it, we'll set things up for that state championship game. That comes your way next right here. You're listening to Cobb Football Friday from the MDJ. When it comes to solving complex foundation repair challenges, there's only one name you need to know. Engineered Solutions of Georgia, Atlanta's only foundation repair company with licensed engineers on staff. From foundation repair to waterproofing and drainage solutions, we've got you covered. We work with both residential and commercial clients, and we're committed to providing exceptional customer service every step of the way. And with our state-of-the-art equipment and top-quality materials, you can be confident that your project will be completed to the highest standards. So why settle for less when you can have the best. Call Engineered Solutions of Georgia today to schedule your free consultation and see how we can help you tackle any foundation repair or waterproofing challenges. Engineered Solutions of Georgia We guarantee a staple dry foundation Residential and commercial Hey, we do it all Dial 678 I love technology as much as anybody, but when banks replace people with machines, I had to draw a line. I've been with the same bank for 20 plus years, and as cool as technology is, I believe the relationship you have with your bank is an important one. My wife used to bake cookies for the people who worked at our bank, and they were our friends. But in the last couple of years, they were all replaced by video tellers. Recently, I sold a vehicle and was paid in cash. I went to deposit it and was told my now former bank no longer accepts cash. Okay. That was it for me. I joined Credit Union of Georgia, a homegrown, not-for-profit cooperative that still offers personalized customer service, a network of more than 30,000 ATMs, and convenient locations. Innovation is great, but trust and relationships still matter, particularly where it comes to your finances. Make the switch today. Get more info at cuofga.org. Credit Union of Georgia, the better way to bank. It pays to know your doctor. It pays to know your lawyer. And now more than ever, it pays to know your local real estate professional. Hi, 
I'm Jeffrey Drake with Drake Realty, and we have seven offices in the metro Atlanta area, including two right here in Cobb County and one at Lake Oconee. I'm the proud leader of over 700 agents here in Georgia, and we pride ourselves in professional service, whether you are the buyer or the seller. Drake Realty makes the home buying process seamless from contract to close. Our agents are a little different. They're not pushing for the quick sale and close. They are pushing for the best price and terms for their client. In other words, Drake Realty fights for you. Now's the time to buy that dream home, vacation home, or new home your family deserves. A lot of real estate agents talk big. Let my team at Drake Realty prove they will fight for you. I'm Jeffrey Drake, and I'd be honored to have my team serve you. Visit us online at drakerealty.com. And remember, it's not how quick you sell or buy. It's what the deal provides for your future. And we're back on Cobb Football Friday. I'm Brian Giffen with John Bednarowski, the sports editor of the Marietta Daily Journal. And, John, here we are. It is Walton against Milton. I didn't get to see either one of them, although I would have had circumstances not changed. It's interesting because until this year, as good as Walton has been in the head-to-head matchups, the games I called against North Cobb, North Cobb kind of had their way with Walton the past couple of years, and they had their way with Milton, too. So having seen the two of them head-to-head until this season, anyway, with unexpected developments, changes, things that come about, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. You know, the one I can reference where I went and listened to it from afar was when North Cobb played Milton, who got off to an early lead. It was on their field. But this has happened with both of these teams where when I've seen them head-to-head against the Warriors, they've lost the games, but then they've ultimately gone further in the playoff race. It's as if they hit a stride or a gear a little later in the season, and both these teams are on a roll coming into this game. Well, you know, maybe it took the Warriors to snap these guys out of whatever funk that they were in, but uh, you're right. You know, Walton does come into the game 14-0. and uh, they're making their second state championship appearance. The previous one was 2011. They had beaten Lassiter in the semifinals and earned a shot to play uh, Grayson, who uh, at the time had Robert Pichy as uh, their star player. I believe the final score of the state championship game was 21 to nothing. You know, it was, I, I think I referenced it last week a little bit. You know, it was big enough challenge when Kimdichi was on the uh, defensive line rushing the passer. But then it just got to be where it was unfair because they used him as a uh, pullback in that game. He ran for 80 yards. When you're 300 and some odd pounds like he was and it was all muscle, it was kind of difficult to bring him down. So, But, hey, why do I mention that game? Well, Milton defeated Grayson last week in their their state semifinal. We weren't sure how that game was going to go. That one was one of those that was really a coin toss. It was 40-35. Milton quarterback Luke Nickel, 31 of 50 for 434 yards. Team ran for 157 yards. Wide receivers C.J. Wiley and Tristan Payne each had more than 130 yards receiving. But the thing that I found most interesting is while the offense was obviously clicking, they gave up more than 400 yards of total offense. And I'm not sure if that's something that they want to do against Walton. Yeah, no question. Well, you know, the one thing that always matters, of course, in the postseason at any level is momentum. And both of these teams have it. Uh, here's Walton having gone 14-0. and Then on the other side of the coin, Milton has now reeled off nine consecutive. So you've really got two red-hot teams going against each other, one of which caught their stride fairly early in the season after a couple of losses, and the other that just steamrolled essentially everybody. So. Great matchup in terms of, you know, momentum and all of those things, the amount of being on a roll that there is going into the playoffs. So 
this is going to be a fun game to watch. Well, and, you know, it, when you think about it, Walton being 14 and up, it's kind of hard to think that they may have a chip on their shoulder at this point. But you know what? The last time Walton was in the state semifinals was two years ago. That particular season, Walton had split time with quarterbacks between uh, Zach Rossman, who uh, yeah. uh, after graduation went on on down to Georgia Southern, and Hiklinski. Hiklinski was a sophomore at the time, but Zach had gotten injured in the opening game of the playoffs. And Heklinski took that opportunity and just started to light it up. And they got all the way to the state semis. And who should happen to be there in front of them but Milton? And Milton put it on him. It was 52 to 17. He remembered that as soon as I said something uh, last night. He said, it's our turn now. So I, I think there's a little bit of an edge coming up. And, you know, Walton's got, you know, a great front seven, great pass rush, but they've got some guys that can cover. And uh, for the most part, Milton is a throwing team. <clears throat> Nichols thrown for 3,700 yards, 38 touchdowns uh, against four interceptions. DJ Lester is the team's leading rusher with 693 yards and seven touchdowns. CJ Wiley uh, is the leading receiver. He's got 1408 and uh, 14 touchdowns. In some ways, when, you know, Walton runs the ball better than Milton does. But when you look at the quarterbacks and you look at the receiving yardage, you know, Walton's got, you know, they've thrown for over 4,000 yards. Heklinski's got 37 and changed that. He's thrown for 45 touchdowns now against three interceptions. So, you know, if you just look at the numbers between the quarterbacks, it's kind of a wash. The Raiders have three other receivers with more than 500 yards. So, you know, it looks like in the passing game, it's your poison. I think Walton's going to be able to run the ball a little bit better than Milton. You know, Milton's defense is uh, allowing 15.5 points a game or something like that. You know, when you're balanced, it's a little bit more difficult to figure out where that offense is going next. And I think that's going to be a big advantage for the Raiders. Well, we'll certainly see as these two will get at it at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the state title in 7A here in Georgia. John, before we conclude this edition of Cobb Football Friday, just quickly, I want to get your thoughts on what's going on with the debacle at the next level up. The college. Look, these high school playoffs are emblematic of the fact that there are ways to do this that are better than a committee selecting four teams. Okay, and then beyond that, I've said this forever. Look, you've covered the the FCS level. Why don't they just take like sixteen teams and play this thing down? Then nobody has a claim to anything. You don't have another UCF. You don't have another Florida State. Liberty. How in the world, if you're an FBS program, can you go out and play every single game and win every single game? Yet you have no chance. You're just making the chasm between the haves and the have-nots that much greater. What in the world is anybody going to play for when you have no chance before you ever even go to fall camp, anything? Something's got to change. And you've been a scribe and been around all this stuff a long time. And what in the world? How do they not use, okay, you're married to the bowl games. Use the bowl games as playoff games. Then they're relevant. Then they matter. Then you have TV ratings. You have more money, which that's what it's all about anyway. And I just, you know, watching this from afar, I'm both bemused on one hand and infuriated on the other that these people can't seem to figure this out. My goodness. Thoughts? 
you know, next year, and you always hate to reference next year. Next year, they do go to the 12th right. playoff and all that. And, you know, there's still going to be arguments, this, that, and the other. I feel bad for Florida State this year because they did everything that they possibly could. And yes. I, I don't understand. Well, the committee says they're not the same team without their quarterback. But, you know, one of the things about team football, you overcome, you adjust, and you move on. And then, and not only did they do that, they beat Florida, and then they turn around and they beat a high-powered offense in Louisville, allowing them only six points. The defense is playing as a, a, at an elite level. You know, I... I would have figured that the committee would have rewarded them for figuring out a way to remain unbeaten as opposed to, you know, punishing them. But I'll tell you what, I think the biggest thing out of uh, this past weekend, obviously folks in our area are disappointed that uh, Georgia didn't make it. You know, they were trying to do something that hadn't been done since 1936. We were young then, John. Yeah. But, uh, you know, history was not on their side. And unfortunately, when you don't have history on your side, the last guy you want to run into is arguably the greatest college football coach that's ever lived because he's going to figure out a way to get it done. And that being said, Michigan may be number one, but I was watching that broadcast and when Alabama flashed up on that screen, the uh, whole room just kind of went quiet like, Ooh, you know, because they were yeah. expecting Florida State, and they didn't want any part of the Crimson Tide. So it's that that's going to be interesting. I think those games are on New Year's Day, so we got yeah. a couple of, you know a few weeks to wait for that. But yeah, I, I wish that this had happened beforehand. This would have been the year to have the twelve team playoff, and you know, in some ways. Florida State has nobody to blame but themselves, and it has nothing to do with what was going on on the field. But the ACC, the Big Ten, and I think it was Pac-12 had that alliance thing. Right. They could not come to an agreement last year. If they would have, this year would have started the 12-team playoff, and then Florida State would have been in it and had an uh, opportunity to do whatever it is that they were going to do. So, right. uh, you know, we've got two pretty good games to uh, look forward to. Georgia's going to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl. It'll be interesting to see in that game. You want to talk about teams that aren't going to be the same. How many guys decide to right. that game and get ready for the NFL draft? You've got the transfer portal. It opened up on Monday. I think they had almost 1,200 players from around the country put their <sighs> in. Who, you know, who's going to be, you know, who's going to be playing for either team? That's going to be the uh, the big question and how motivated right. they're going to be. So, you know, just follow the almighty dollar. Right. No kidding. You know, there's a sports talk host here locally, I think, that nailed this. This was on Transfer Portal Day on Monday, which sadly has become an event. But he's like, all these heartfelt goodbyes and, oh, you know, you guys helped me develop as a man, you know. Why don't you just say, hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Somebody's paying me more and I'm leaving. Just be honest about it and move on. It is what it is. And, you know, look, as far as, and I'll close the soapbox on this note, but as far as it goes, when it's about opinions and committees and all this crap, let them play for it on the field. Traditionally, that's worked pretty well at whatever level it is. 
And it's just ridiculous that we are where we are. A billion-dollar industry has an opinion-based Mickey Mouse system to determine with people voting in a committee, you know, eating bonbons and stuff, sitting in some fancy room somewhere, instead of just letting them play for it on the field. Novel concept as though that is. I'll get off the soapbox out. John, Walton versus Milton, quick thoughts. We have to jump out here. But uh, is Walton going to bring home the hardware? People have asked you that already a number of times. And I said, I think if both teams play their best game, Walton comes home with the uh, with the state championship trophy. It would be their first. And I kind of like the symmetry. The, uh, the Raiders opened the season at Mercedes-Benz, handled Grayson, the uh, Corky Cal Classic, and now they're going to close their season at Mercedes-Benz. I'm hoping that is some sort of an omen. Well, it sounds like fun. And you know what else has been fun? Doing this show with you, not just this year, but the last couple of years. And we're going to get an opportunity to do this again because now Walton's made it all the way to the finals and we'll be able to put a bow on the season regardless with Cobb Football Friday. John, it's a pleasure, man. It's always a good time to get together with you, period. But it's especially fun when we get together and talk football. Thanks so much. And hey, you know what? Through technology, we can continue doing this beyond this year. But right now, we'll focus on this this week. John, thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. Let's hope we've got good things to talk about next week. All right. No question about that. Cobb Football Friday is a presentation of the Marietta Daily Journal, and it's presented by Superior Plumbing, Otter's Chicken, Pinnacle Orthopedics, as well as Powers Electrical Solutions. I'm Brian Giffen. He's John Bednarowski. And we say it all the time. Now it's down to one. Enjoy the game. And we'll talk next week. So long. You've been listening to Cobb Football Friday, a presentation of the Marietta Daily Journal and the BG Ad Group.